Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Brian Lancaster, VP of IT at Nebraska Medicine. In this segment, Lancaster talks about the role IT has played in creating a barrier with customers and what can be done to address it, how working on the vendor side helped him learn the soft skills that are critical in leaders, and the careful balance CIOs must strike when it comes to coaching and fostering innovation while also ensuring that day-to-day -day tasks are completed. When I think about some of the, uh, the things that you were talking about at Chime, the whole idea of showing how IT drives strategic value, it's such an important concept. And um, these kind of things really can only happen, it seems like, once that foundation's been put in place. But I can imagine that that's not an easy thing to do to really change how IT is viewed. It's certainly not, and I would be disingenuous if I said I really think IT has completely changed, right? I think people see more value in IT, but they still say inappropriate words when, you know, something goes down or they can't get connected. Yeah, but, but I do think sure. it's perhaps my background enables that to some extent. Yeah. Because I, I don't think I'm a traditional CIO by any stretch of the imagination. From college, I went into uh, work at a technology company and then spent several years uh, working on product management and strategy from how do we create technology that solves a problem for the market. And then yeah. I had an opportunity to come here, and, and I, I started to apply those skill sets to kind of IT. And, and, I, and I think many people who grow up working in, in the data center or writing software may struggle with some of those more softer skills or abstract skills because it gets so nebulous to say, how do you write a strategic plan that's meaningful yeah. and kind of to both IT and to the business? But that's harder than saying, okay, I'm going to go write a line of code or I'm going to um, manage the server. Yeah. I do think just from my background, and, and I would have never thought of this until I've actually started to do both roles, I think it is that innovation skill set, which is in essence entrepreneurial to uh, abilities to take what is needed from our academic medical center and match those to a technology. Um, and, and, and you'll hear this when you talk to seasoned IT pros that they get frustrated when someone comes to them with a technology solution, but they didn't, you, it's clear they didn't really do any vetting or really understand what may already be present. And I think they do that yeah. because we haven't always made it easy for us to interact with them. How do you build confidence that we can help solve a problem and not be a barrier? And once you solve that problem, it starts to show that, okay, we can do those innovation skills. We, have, we can navigate the marketplace and find the right solution. So I think innovation yeah. skills is, was key. I also think coaching is important too. So, so how do you listen? How do you motivate your superiors and your peers as well as your teams? But then also that organizational mindset to have the expertise to understand the business to start to proactively suggest things that, um, that occur. Again, I think that's again, fundamentally different from IT leaders of the past, right? It's more yeah. risk adverse and management cost. Then I think it's also just management. How do you, how do you create a structure and organization and governance to allow you to execute appropriately? Because if I focus on innovation coaching, I'm selling more than delivering, and pretty soon I think I'll be seen as a snake salesman, right? Like, oh, well, you promised right, all these right. great things, 
but you never delivered. And I think yeah. I many times wonder if I spend too much time on innovation and coaching because of where I came from, you know, on the product side at a healthcare information technology firm. It's always that caution of I probably need to create that balance of safe, repeatable delivery, which is traditional ITIL and IP operations versus yeah. how we do something that's really cool and transformational. And I think that's where I get schizophrenic at times. Yeah. I don't know if there is a, an ideal combination. I think that there's so many different versions of it. But I would imagine key to that is, like you said, setting up that governance and having that in place. Yeah, I think that is key. So then we have a forum where we can provide key updates, drive for tough decisions, and make sure those decisions yeah. are transparent. Right. But so many times I, I try to educate people, you know, these really aren't IT decisions. These are business priorities. We can lay out yeah. priorities or sequence and suggestions, but we need kind of a unified decision on why we're doing this versus that. And to be honest, it probably took a couple of years just to get inventory of all the demands of IT services. And once you start to quantify those, you can start to run them through you know, processes like Kanban or, or other things that sequence and have backlogs and, and whatnot. Okay, these are, this is everything we could do, but based on our current levels of funding, our current um, levels of resourcing, we can do 10 of these 100. We think it's these 10. Do you agree? Yeah. And if it's not these 10, which ones do you want to do a horse trade on? And I think that's yeah. been really empowering because before you do that, many people think, well, you're just not delivering. You're not either able or willing to deliver what I need. And I think from my perspective, people who don't quantify it this way, I think they're nervous that if you, if you lay it all out, people will see that you can't execute the whole 100. But my finding is if you show incremental progress, it does yeah. create that balance between delivery and vision, which is, in essence, the difference between vision and a hallucination, right? It is a constant battle. Because uh, we, yeah. we have more interest in IT services than capacity. Yeah, yeah, it's a common thread. So coming from the vendor side, can you talk about how you approach this role? Because obviously there, there's, there's a lot of differences, but a lot of ways to, to benefit from that experience. Yeah, so when I was on the vendor side running products, there's a commonality in terms of not enough supply to meet the market demand. So I think I, I developed processes by which to create a compelling vision, mission, strategy that's associated to, like, okay, why is this product going to solve a problem in the world? And where I was, we, we actually never called them products. It was solutions because solutions were the intersection of products, market, and engineering. So how do you have that holistic view of what is needed to create the solution? So learning processes and methodologies to paint the five-year vision, but this yeah. is where we're at today. And then how do you make decisions that are steps towards that compelling vision that over the next two, three, four, five years, you now have accomplished it? And I think that gets into several of the methodologies that I think are being applied to different areas in software development, and I'm talking about agile and lean and things of that nature. So how do you have a compelling direction but you don't get bogged down in trying to define everything you need for five years from now? 
how do you right. really distill that into the next logical step? And you don't talk about step two until you deliver step one. And when you deliver step one, you reassess where you're at and see if step two still makes sense. And yeah. I think learning that as a, in essence, a product manager and working with development and things of that nature, you start to see how you can create a compelling vision, create a value proposition, and then start to make steps towards it. And I think coming into traditional IT, I, I think people were nervous about showing that future because they were thinking about, can I deliver that in a way that doesn't disrupt the enterprise from a availability or a downtime or things like that? And, yeah. and I think you certainly have to deliver in a way that's stable, but you can't let the unknown be terrifying, if that makes sense. So I think yeah. that, that visioning skill and incremental management or um, to the key things I learned from the vendor side. Yeah. What was it that really kind of drove you to make this uh, transition? Yeah, so I, I spent about 18 years on the vendor side and then five on the provider side, which is amazing because it seems like it's only been a year or two. And so yeah. what, what drew me really was looking at the last mile and the difference between actually achieving an outcome and creating technology and innovations for someone else to create an outcome. And so, so what yeah. I mean by that is really the last mile. And, and so if you, if you think about where I was on the vendor side, we would do a great job, I think, of understanding the market, create all these really compelling new features. And a lot of those features would sit on the shelf because of the work effort it would take to yeah. um, install, implement, train, support new upgrades and new, new software and things of that nature. So I really wanted to understand that last mile. You know, I really wanted to understand, you know, how can I not just create technology that allows others to get meaningful outcomes, but how could I be a change agent, a transformational agent in healthcare itself? And, and that was, I thought at the time, really to focus and learn what it takes from that last mile. Another interesting thing was if you would have asked me six years ago when I was still on the vendor side, do you know academic health systems? I would say, oh, sure, and I, I would give you a long list of people I worked with. And when I got here, <laughs> right. it's like, wow, I knew nothing. <laughs> I knew nothing about <laughs> how this place really works. You know? right. And I think learning how the leaders in healthcare are thinking about decisions and, and what they're valuing and, and, and the decision-making cycles, and then and once you get the decision made to do something, then the clock really starts, and that last mile starts in terms of yeah. now I have to deliver and I'm on the hook to create that value, which has been kind of an interesting transition for me. Because I remember yeah. talking to some of my, my vendor friends who have the, the pleasure of working with us here at uh, University of Nebraska Medicine. When they like plan the deal or the go live is done, that is the starting line for us. Whereas yeah. on my old job, that would have been the finish line. <laughs> and there's yeah. so much that happens <laughs> afterwards. So I guess it's kind of be careful what you wish for because that last mile right. is really, really long. Yeah. But that was some of the thinking is just really to get a different perspective. And to be um, completely honest, I think it was also to supplement my vendor skill sets with um, provider skill sets to have a more well-rounded arsenal, if that, if that makes sense. So now I think yeah. I can understand how to develop products, manage products, and deliver innovations from the vendor side, but also understanding how that needs to be packaged and delivered and implemented on the provider side. That was also an interest. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm sure you, you may have had some of those, oh, my God, did I make a huge mistake moments, but uh, you get through them, right? 
Yeah, but it's like anything. I mean, sometimes when you look back on something, it's, you have that romantic view, right? Like, oh, it was oh, yeah. great and it's so easy. And then you forget all the daily struggles you had there, and there's just different daily struggles. So there are times yeah. you, you wonder if you make the right decision or not as anything. But you know, I'm yeah. very happy with, with what I've accomplished, and um, I think it's been really exciting to learn so much more about healthcare and, and really then where I, I look to go next is how do I start to apply this at a, a larger scale, right? So now uh, yeah. confidence IT, how do we really take that turn to drive forward healthcare as a technology company? Because I think that's really where it's going is if you look at everything happening with data, analytics, mobility, everyone is looking to every service provider based on the technology experience you can deliver. And I think that's yeah. a very different place than 20 years ago with healthcare. And, and I think that creates really interesting opportunities for people like myself who can combine both strategy and, and information technology skill set. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. And that's, that's what makes it so interesting for me, too. Things are just moving in such an interesting direction quickly, but at the same time, <laughs> you know, not so quickly, but yeah, it's a really interesting industry to be part of and from my perspective to have a view of. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that that should about wrap it up. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it as well. And uh, thanks for the opportunity. Sure thing. And uh, yeah, I'll be in touch soon. All right. Take care. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.